0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, once again, I am pulling another episode out of our vaults, one that we have stripped the audio back when when uh, I was a bit younger than I am today. (laughs) So hopefully I sound a little older than 12, um, but uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, there, There are, when it comes to finances, when it comes to residents that are starting to transition, which by the time this episode comes out here in later May, early June of 2022, this is a topic that is very timely. So if you are a medical student, if you are a resident, if you are a fellow, uh, if you are transitioning to practice, make sure to tune into this episode. If you are someone that already has um, disability income insurance, then um, it's probably not for you, but some good things to pass on and consider and thinking about as I walk through some different examples and information for you to consider. With no further ado, here is the
1: episode. Welcome. My name is Dave Denniston with the Capital Advisory Group. Welcome to Financial Planning 101, Part 7, Disability Income Insurance. I recently had a review with a client, and he asked me, how would you rate my current disability insurance and thought about it and and I realized I've never really done a video on this particular subject so I thought it would be helpful to walk through the process of what is disability income and and why and when should you have it we'll take a look at several questions including what is disability insurance when should you consider it how much should you have What's the difference between group disability insurance and individual insurance? And lastly, when should you stop having disability insurance? First, what is disability income insurance? The purpose of this is in case you're to the point where you've really hurt your shoulder or you are in a wheelchair now and you cannot perform the duties of your job, it's meant to replace your income. So you say, gosh, yeah, this is a concern of mine. When should I consider having this done? We're going to go over a number of different things here. First, I would ask you, how dependent is your family on your income? If you're the primary breadwinner bringing in the majority of the money for your family, I would suggest to you that's probably a better case for having it. Whereas if both spouses are working and earning a good deal in wages, then if one spouse is disabled, eh, it's not a big deal. You can just keep on moving on with your lives. It wouldn't affect you as badly. Secondly, what's your debt load look like? If you have a significant number of loans and debts, when you're disabled, unless you are permanently disabled, you're probably not going to receive much in the way of of help. The Social Security Administration says if you are totally disabled, yes, they will help. You can get your debt load erased, particularly student debt. But if you're not, then here you're going to be carrying on a large debt load that you can't really service because you don't have the income to. And third, I would also point to how long do you have to retirement? So what's what's your risk of being disabled? And hopefully as you're 10 to 15 years into your working career, the need for disability income should be less because you have a smaller time horizon. And at that particular point, where you're 10 to 15 years down the line, let's say you have a disability income policy, it might be time to think about getting a cheaper one because now you don't need as much insurance. Make sure that besides your 401k and other tax-deferred savings kind of vehicles, that you are consistently saving in what we call a non-qualified fund. Think of this as your rainy day fund or money you can step back on. The more that you have, the less that you have to worry about having a disability income policy because you have the money, you're becoming self-insured. Once you generally have over $150,000 and more or more of non-qualified accounts plus your 401k, this is probably getting to the level that you don't need to have the disability insurance as much it's all based upon living expenses so if I'm assuming your living expenses are sixty thousand dollars or less hundred fifty thousand dollars that's two years or more I consider you at least partially self Now a lot of people ask well if I have group policy why would I need to consider individual policy Please see the next slide, which is a chart on some of the differences and why a person might want to consider an individual policy in addition to or perhaps instead of a group policy.
0: And now for a commercial break. Well, my friends, you may have heard me talking about all kinds of interesting investments the last few years. And now we've been talking stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and all kinds of traditional investments. But maybe, just maybe, you are curious in learning more about investing in land and what it is like to run a land business. Well, it would be my honor and pleasure to speak with you guide you, direct you, and coach you through how I do the land business step-by-step, piece-by-piece to create maybe uh, something like what I've been able to do. If you have any questions, feel free to schedule a time with me. 30 minutes totally free with a strategy session. Call Robbie at 612-284-2409. Again, call us directly, 612 612- 284 2409. We look forward to talking to you soon. And now, back to the show.
1: So, we've talked a little bit about what's the difference between an individual policy and a group policy. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the basic determinants of the cost of a disability income policy. First, there's the monthly benefit. How much in benefit would you receive in order to get this income? How much is the insurance company going to pay you in lieu of not receiving a paycheck or perhaps as much of a paycheck? Obviously, the higher the benefit amount, the more it's going to cost you. Secondly, is the benefit period. Is the benefit period two years, or five years, or ten, or until age 65? The longer the period, the more expensive the insurance policy is going to be. So if you want a cheaper policy, go for a shorter time period. And lastly, the waiting period or elimination period. This is the amount of time that the insurance company will not have to start paying your claim. So the shorter the time period, the more expensive the premium's gonna be. So you could have a zero waiting period or elimination period. You could have 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 180. 180 days will be significantly cheaper than a 30. And what you should see in all of your disability income illustrations is a table that shows these three things and how they interact with each other. So make sure to ask for that table. We'll show you a small example here in just a moment. Now lastly there's a lot of bells and whistles we call them riders that you can add on to your disability income policies. They range from things like own occupation, residual, disability, cost of living adjustments, guaranteed insurability, to many many more. And we're not going to go through all of these riders right now today but just know everything you add on adds an extra cost. Each rider that you take off could subtract from the cost. And there are several things that I suggest people take a look at. If you are in a specialized profession, maybe you're a physician and you have use of your hands is something important in doing surgery and there's nothing else that you could do that could earn you a similar income a writer like own occupation is a great thing to have whereas I suggest something like a residual disability benefit which essentially doubles it in case you are completely disabled uh, is more infrequently used on a percentage basis so it's just adding to the cost of the policy so if you want the cheapest possible policy that's a writer you may not want to have. So overall make sure you understand what riders are being added on, what's the cost, which ones are really necessary versus ones that are nice additions but you're probably not as likely to use in the case of a partial disability or uh, mostly disabled. So overall we've covered a lot about disability insurance. We've just touched the service on a number of these concepts but wanted to give you a few things in knowing what it is, when you might want to consider it, And of course, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. Thank you once again for joining me. I'm Dave Denniston.
0: Thank you my friends so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast if you might be looking for help if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant and you're looking for a second opinion i'm making myself available for 30 minute strategy sessions and if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another i'd like you to call our office and speak with kyla Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we're not appropriately registered or excluded. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast, I mentioned insurance products, Insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issuer. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering
1: a contract.
0: And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.DavidDeniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.